You're listening to the Daily Sweat Podcast, where we are all about doing something that makes you sweat every single day. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Daily Sweat Podcast. For those of you who may not know me, my name is Ariana, and I am your host here on the show. I was also just joined by my sidekick, Lucy. That is my dog. So if you hear some growling, some digging in the bed or anything like that, it's the dog, and it is not me. I am an intuitive coach, helping women primarily within the realms of fitness and wellness, helping them take better care of themselves so that ultimately they can go out and fulfill their purposes on this planet. I do also help other fitness professionals in building their own businesses. Really exciting announcement that today's episode is brought to you by the big book of quick and dirty sweats. What is the big book of quick and dirty sweats, you ask? Well, as it sounds, um, it's a collection of short but super effective workouts. Most of the workouts are under 20 minutes in length. Many of them can be done with body weight. We have a lot of uh, free weight exercises in there, so dumbbells, kettlebells, a few barbells, but they don't require a ton of equipment, and most importantly, they don't require a ton of time. So if you're looking for something just to get your heart rate up, get that metabolism going, get you sweating and feeling like a badass, then this is going to be the workout book for you. There are 50 workouts in there, all ranging from, you know, straight up cardio-based workouts to metabolic conditioning workouts to some kind of lower impact core workouts. So there's something for everybody. I will link to the big book of quick and dirty sweats in the show notes. And if you test it out and you do some of the workouts from there, I want to hear how they go. So be sure to find me on Instagram, tag me, post a little video. I love seeing stuff like that. It's only $15 Canadian, which is like two cents if you live in the U.S. Just kidding. Our dollar is not that bad, but it's pretty bad. So yeah, head over to the show notes so you can grab the link and get your hands on that book. So today I have a wonderful interview with Stacy Younger. Stacy and I dive deep into her experience with anxiety and migraines and how she has worked to heal herself using nutrition. And this is something that I'm always so interested in because when it comes to, if we're dealing with like chronic illness or disease or mental health issues and things like that, a lot of the time the traditional route to go is through the medical route. So taking pills, doing therapy, things like that. And not that therapy is like the medical route, but like kind of more traditional forms of healing. And I always love hearing about when people heal themselves through alternative forms, whether that's through nutrition or doing energy work or anything like that. So today, Stacy shares her experiences with us and also gives us some tips on how we can begin to figure out which foods are preventing us from feeling our best. Stacy is a health coach and she specializes in anxiety. She suffers from debilitating migraines and used to suffer from severe anxiety. And in the last three years, she has only had one migraine and no longer has severe anxiety. She of course still gets a little anxious here and there as we all do, but she has tools to manage it. She now teaches other women how to heal from anxiety and how to manage their little anxiousness and stress that may arise. So without further ado, let's get to today's interview. 
Welcome to the Daily Sweat Podcast, Stacey. I am super excited to have you here with us. Oh, thank you so much. I am so excited to be here too. So thank you for having me on here. Of course. So before we get into the meat of our discussion today, um, I always like to start by learning more about the person who I'm interviewing. So today I want to know, what are you most excited about right now? What am I most excited about right now? I I think I'm most excited about my business right now. And it's a fairly new business, so I'm just getting it going. And I'm niching in anxiety. And I'm just excited to help you know, other people who may be struggling with anxieties and, and yeah, and, um, we're in summer right now, but my summer's pretty, you know, slow right now. So I get to focus on my business. So yeah. Amazing. That's such a good feeling. Yes. Um, what's your like long-term vision with your business? Like, what do you hope to accomplish with it? My long-time goals, as I feel like there are so many misconceptions when it comes to anxieties, and I want to expose so many of these misconceptions. And I think a lot of these misconceptions are, you know, making it to where people, you know, are feeling like they're weak or like they're crazy or like they're alone. And I really want to expose those so people don't have to be so ashamed or embarrassed by having their anxieties. Mm, love it. Yeah. It's, it's so, so needed. So good on you for doing that work. Thank you so much. So in having a business that helps people who are dealing with anxiety, um, I would imagine that you have had your own experiences with it. So do you want to tell us a little about it? Like when it started, what it felt like, how it impacted you? Yeah. So my story, I'm approaching 40. Um, so just give you a timeline on this, but um, I was always kind of like a fearful, maybe a stressed out kid, but I don't think my anxieties really came to play until I was about 26 or 27 years old. And I started developing symptoms. And back then, anxieties weren't really talked about like at all. And I, I did know a little bit about anxieties and a little that I did know I found out were misconceptions. They weren't really true or they weren't really the whole truth. So I started developing symptoms. Mainly, I just felt like my heart was going to jump out of my chest. My heart would just, you know, just kept, you know, racing. And I thought that I was developing a heart disease. And even though it doesn't run in my family, that's what I, you know, convinced myself. And I was also getting those irrational thoughts. I developed insomnia because I was afraid to fall asleep because I thought, you know, what if I die in my sleep? Mm. So I went to the doctors and she diagnosed me with anxiety. And because, you know, I didn't know much about it. And because the little I did know weren't quite true, I thought my doctor was crazy. And part of, you know, what I thought, you know, anxieties was, is I thought it was mainly like panic attacks. I envisioned people, you know, hyperventilating and I thought it was only for weak people. And that's, you know, what I thought anxieties were. And I'm like, I'm not hyperventilating. I'm just having my heart, you know, racing and, um, I don't feel like I'm weak. So what is this talk, this doctor talking about? And so I went into six months in denial. I just, did not believe that I had anxiety and I was frustrated. And then one day I had enough and I decided to research 
um, anxieties. And I thought, okay, I can prove my doctor wrong. You know, I can show that I don't have anxieties and the opposite happened. The more and more that I did, uh, research, I discovered that anxieties symptoms were fitting me to a T. And so I then accepted that I had anxieties, but I still didn't know much about it. And it it just made me feel, you know, crazy and, you know, weak. And I didn't share it with many people. And, but it did help my insomnia because I wasn't afraid that I was going to, you know, die in my sleep. So it did help that. So ever since then I was able to, you know, sleep like a baby. So that was good. So it did help with that. So for years, I went on and off with um, moderate, I say moderate anxieties um, on and off. And I am so not into medication. So, you know, I just was like, I'll just try to deal with it and, you know, accept it for what it is. Until about four and a half years ago, I went through a very stressful situation And the stressful situation made my anxieties just go way out of control. And I also get debilitating migraines. And so I was, both of them went out of control. And I feel like one was causing the other and they both were just way out of control. I got desperate, you know, because I felt like I couldn't function. Um, I got to the point where I could not well, I could barely drive. Driving terrified me and I just had a hard time doing it. I had all these irrational thoughts. I would get lightheaded behind the wheel and I convinced myself that I was going to faint um, behind the wheel and cause a car Mm -hmm. accident. I could barely leave the house. Um, My house was kind of like my safe space. And so it was just really, really you know, difficult for me. I, I suffer from both social anxiety and agoraphobia. Mm. So I got to a point where I felt like I couldn't function and I have two kids and, you know, I I have to be able to function. So I got desperate and I went to the doctors and she, you know, re-diagnosed me with anxieties and gave me a prescription. And, you know, I took it, even though I really didn't want to. And it made my already severe anxiety 10 times worse. It was so bad. I, the best way that I could explain it is I physically could feel nothing and I could emotionally feel everything. It was just so bad. And all I could do was lay on the couch and do nothing. So, so that is like, you know, my story kind of, I went, um, I stopped taking the medication almost right away because I felt like, you know, I, I can't, you know, just sit on the couch all day and do absolutely nothing. But then I was back to square to square one. Mm-hmm. And so I stumbled across an article one day that was talking about what was in our food. And I was shocked, you know, what's in our food. I thought, okay, you know, what's in our food is gross, but I didn't know what was in our food could be toxic. And I was, you know, just not happy you know, with, with the information that I was finding. Yeah. And I thought that I was eating fairly healthy, but it, with all my research, I found I wasn't eating as healthy as I thought I was. So I decided to change my whole lifestyle. Um, nutrition was a huge part of that. And I thought, okay, this is probably going to help my migraines, but, you know, 
it's probably not going to help my anxiety. So I'll tackle my anxieties later. The healthier I ate, my migraines were better. We're getting better, but my anxieties were getting better too. So I was so amazed by that. Yeah, definitely. Now, before we dive into the nutritional oh, sure. component of it all, because I, I really want to get into that, but I, I want to know too, like when you weren't able to leave your house or mm-hmm. what, you know, when you just kind of felt like, I guess, trapped, like what did that actually feel like for you? Like, how did that impact you? It, it impacted me a lot. Cause like I said, I have two kids and we unfortunately don't have bus service out here. So I, my job was to drive them to and back from school. And so that was really hard. And what it felt like to me is I just, I had irrational thoughts. I always thought, you know, these, like I would get lightheaded a lot. And so I always felt like when I was lightheaded that I was going to faint. I've never fainted in my entire life. So I don't know why I had it in my head that I was going to faint, but I did. I was just one of those irrational thoughts. And so I get, you know, lightheaded, I'd get vertigo. Sometimes I would also have my, um, it's like my hands get slightly tingly, not totally tingly, but I think it's because I wasn't breathing right. And there is another thing is I wasn't breathing right. And so I just, I think because my body was doing all this, you know, getting lightheaded, getting vertigo, you know, not being able to breathe right, having my heart, you know, feel like I was jumping out of my chest with all these symptoms. I felt like I wasn't in control of my body and I didn't want to be out in public if I wasn't in control of my body. And so it was just really, really scary. And just with the irrational thoughts, I would always be thinking too, oh, what is this person thinking of me? Are they going to think, you know, badly of me? And I always would put people, you know, kind of on a pedestal and make them, I'd always feel like people are better than me. And right. so I think with all of that, it just made it difficult for me to drive and to get out of the house. Yeah, understandably. So I, I can only imagine what that must have felt like. So then you come across nutrition, which completely changes the game for you. Um, Mm -hmm. What was, what was, what were some of the things that you were most surprised to learn about? You said that you thought you were eating pretty healthfully, but you discovered that you weren't. So what were some of those really surprising realizations? Well, I think, you know, I kind of had an idea of what organic was, but I, I didn't completely understand, you know, what organic was. I didn't quite understand that they're spraying our foods with toxic pesticides. Um, and I don't think, you know, washing, um, the food is good enough because it seeps into, you know, our, our fruits and our vegetables. But back then, you know, they were saying, you know, just wash it all off and it should be fine. And so, you know, I kind of believed that. So I, you know, I bought a lot of conventional, fruits and vegetables. I was also buying a lot of processed foods, but a lot of the processed foods I thought were somewhat healthy. Um, I thought maybe they might have gross things in them that I didn't want to know about, but I didn't know that it was, you know, really toxic. And I think, you know, I, I would eat a lot of salads and I was, I would think, okay, these salads, you know, are probably really healthy, but they were loaded with, you know, um, with processed meats in it. And so, but I didn't know that that was bad at that time. Um, I think another thing is I, I also, even though I wasn't back then struggling with weight too much, I 
was buying stuff, you know, that said fat-free, sugar-free or calorie-free on there. And I thought that that was okay. I thought that was healthy for us. But I realize now that what they're actually doing is they're taking the fat, the sugar and the calories out and they're substituting it with toxic stuff that, you know, our bodies don't know what to do with and it's harmful for our bodies. Mm -hmm. And one more thing that I'll mention is also um, all natural um, it could be all natural. And sometimes, you know, when something's marked all natural, it can be, and it could be good for you, but you really have to read the ingredients. And there are other products out there that could say all natural. And yeah, it might be all natural, but it's stuff that our bodies don't know how to process. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, the thing, the first thing that I learned was cheese, uh, shredded cheese. Um, a lot of it has um, wood in it. And what? So yeah, wood. And our bodies, it's like a, they, they like grind it up and all that. And it helps it, you know, not mush all together. Oh my gosh. So it's a filler. So, but you know, wood is, yeah, it's natural, but our bodies don't know how to process it. Yeah. No kidding. Like we don't go eating trees. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, and then one other thing is like um, a lot of salad dressings, especially ranch dressing has cotton in it. Um, I can't remember why they have cotton. And so, yeah, cotton is natural, but our bodies, again, don't know how to process the cotton. Interesting. Sneaky, sneaky. Yeah. So they say all natural, but sometimes they're putting stuff. Yeah, it is. But our bodies are like, what the heck is this? We don't know what to do with this. (laughs) Yeah, totally. One thing that I was really horrified to learn once was that that when something says natural flavors, I think it was mm-hmm. vanilla flavor that I read somewhere. Oftentimes, I I come, with this. yeah, it comes from like a beaver's anal gland or something. Yes. Yeah, yes, really yes. scary. So it's natural, but maybe we don't need all of the natural <laughs> kind of things out there. Right. Now, did you notice that there were different foods that were triggering your anxiety and different foods that were triggering your migraines? Yes. Um, I actually have a lot of times they're not the same for me. Mm -hmm. Um, my migraines are very chemical based. Um, a lot of chemical stuff creates my, my migraines except for weather and stress can also cause my migraines. Mm. But other than those two, um, like, especially with, let's just, um, uh, concentrate on food, like MSG, um, artificial sweeteners. Yep. Um, and any just like toxic stuff. I, I, once I started becoming healthy, I, we had friends that came to visit us from out of state. And I was thinking, you know what? I can splurge when my friends are here. And I ate a total, like lots of junk food. And I ended up getting a migraine because, you know, of all the processed foods that I was getting or I was eating. Yeah. And then with my anxieties, um, I've actually discovered that alcohol is my number one. Well, I, w- I would say my number one, like food related mm-hmm. thing that causes my anxieties. Um, I, I feel great when I'm, when I was drinking and even a few hours, but the next day I would go in total panic mode. So alcohol is a major trigger for my anxieties. And it wasn't really so much for my migraines, but also caffeine um, triggers my anxiety. So I need to limit my caffeine. I still consume a tiny bit, but it's really minimal. Um, I can't have a regular cup of coffee 
um, it really triggers my anxieties and, um, sugar. I can, I can consume a tiny bit of sugar, but I can't consume too much because it also will trigger my anxieties. So, yeah. Right. Now, would you say that different people have different trigger foods or is it usually like straight across the board, the same for everyone? Um, I think a lot of it is very, very similar, but I think, you know, the severity of it could be different per person. So I do from everything that I have studied, I do believe, you know, that alcohol could, could probably be a trigger for most everybody that has anxieties, but I think it can affect everybody differently for like me. I can't consume any kind of alcohol. Um, even a tiny bit will put me in panic mode to where other people might be able to consume alcohol in very limited amounts and be just fine. Right. So I think it's, you know, I think it's very similar, but the severity is probably different for everybody, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. For sure. What would you suggest to someone who's wanting to make changes in their diet to heal themselves, whether they're looking for physical healing, mental healing, emotional healing, where can they start? I strongly believe in baby steps. Uh, I used to try to change my lifestyle before it stuck and I would try to do everything overnight and I would end up getting overwhelmed and frustrated because it was happening too fast. So I think baby steps and, you know, making reasonable goals maybe, um, or, you know, reasonable changes that are small are key. And so like my first thing that I did was I quit soda Mm. and I made sure that I had a handle on soda before I did my next one. And I just think baby steps are so key and just having patient with yourself. And if you make a mistake or, you know, if you do something like you, you make a goal and you're like, Oh shoot, I messed up. That's okay. We were human. We're not perfect. So, you know, forgive yourself and then just keep moving forward. So I think those two are like the most important things, you know, in changing your lifestyles, baby steps, and just being patient with yourself. Yeah. I wholeheartedly agree. That's basically the same kind of process that I take my own clients through. And what we're a big advocate of here over on the daily sweat podcast is like, just you know, being kind to yourself in the process and understanding that like not everything has to change all at once. You know, mm-hmm. we didn't we didn't get to where we are now overnight and we're not going to get to that next step overnight either. Right. So it's overwhelming when we try to, I think. And then when oh, we're overwhelmed, totally. we're like, forget, forget this. <laughs> exactly. And it's tough because we have so many so many avenues and forms of media coming at us and all this different information saying, we need to do this. You have to meditate. You have to journal. You have to go keto, but then be vegan once a week and also do CrossFit and all these crazy things. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's so easy to just tune it all out and say, well, I can't do all of it. So we'll just do none of it. So. And since you just mentioned this, I do want to add one thing really quick, um, mm-hmm. kind of jumping back to nutrition really quick is I definitely do not believe in a one size fits all diet. I think mm-hmm. we're we're all different. And so what works for me won't work for somebody else. And so I do think one size fits all diets are kind of good as a guide, but I don't think that they should be fit to a T unless that actually really works for your body. Yeah. Such an important distinction. Thank you for Mm -hmm. sharing that. Oh, you're welcome. 
What are some of your favorite resources, whether they're books, podcasts, blogs, anything like that? You, the one I have to say, the article that I that got me on this journey was through Food Babe. I love the Food Babe. She definitely talks um, a lot about food and what's in our food. She is a huge uh, food advocate. Um, I love the Wellness Mama and Doctor Axe. Um, uh, for books, I read. Um, I love meditation. I think meditation is great. I read a book on meditation by. Uh, Rebecca Brookie, and I always butcher the title, but it's something along the line of you got four minutes, I think, to change your life is what it's called. And I love her meditations because um, I'm a busy mom. I have two kids and trying to meditate for like an hour is just not going to work. And so she has four minute meditations and she is huge on that. Um, I also, the four agreements, and I cannot remember the author's name. Um, I think it's Don Miguel Ruiz. Perfect. Thank you. Such a good book. And I'm in the process. I haven't finished it yet, but I love it. And this is for mainly women and um, it's not really geared for anxieties, but I still think it really helps for anxieties is a tribe called bliss by Lori Harder. Have you Mm -hmm. heard of that one? I've heard of it. I haven't read it yet. Um, Jill Coleman was on the podcast a couple months ago and she had recommended that as well. So it's on my list. So I'm in the process of reading that. I'm I'm almost done. Um, But like I said, it's not geared for anxieties, but it still touches so much that a lot of people who have anxieties can totally benefit from it. Amazing. So I feel like I'm forgetting some of my resources, but those are my my ones I'll mention today. (laughs) Cool. And for our listeners, I'll be sure to link to all of those in the show notes so you can get your hands on the books and check out those blogs. Uh, Where can we find you? Tell us about any social media channels, programs, courses, um, podcasts, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, so um, I'm a one-on-one coach at the moment. My business is pretty new, but um, I've been studying this for a long time. I have a Facebook group that is free. It is called Holistically Healing Anxiety Community. I, uh, I'm on Instagram on Holistically Healing Anxiety, and I do love stories. I don't do them as much as I want to, but I'm hoping that's going to change in a couple of days because I should have some more free time. I do want to check out the IGTV that just came out. So that's going to be really exciting. Mm-hmm. And um, I do have a website called holistically And I also have a podcast uh, that is holistically healing anxiety. So um, I do think that is it. I don't at the moment have a promotion, but like I said, since I'm fairly new, my prices I think are still fairly low um, at the moment. (laughs) Um, They may be raising soon. So you you got to change that girl. If you're helping change lives. Right. Well, I'm raising it soon. I'm just trying to, you know, get everybody's interest in it so far. And so... Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm really, really excited to help people with anxieties. So yeah. yeah. And I'm excited to continue seeing you grow and how you impact people in different ways. Um, the work that you're doing is so important. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, of course. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing your experiences with anxiety and sharing some tips and tricks that our listeners can use to implement in their own lives. Um, I got a ton of value out of this, so I know our listeners did as well. Oh, yay. Thank you. I enjoyed being here. So thank you for having me on your show. My pleasure. 
And to our listeners, as always, thank you so much for your time and your energy and for allowing us to hang out in between your ears. I will be back next week with another episode of the Daily Sweat Podcast. Have a great day. Hey friends, don't forget, if you enjoyed today's episode, please head over to iTunes and take just a couple seconds to leave a quick review. It helps me and everybody else on the planet. Seriously.